Carter, what's going on? You are now a speaker. One of the most beautiful notifications there is. Probably the best notification there is. How you doing? What's going on? Good, man. Uh, short week, so really can't complain with the holiday coming up. What's good, Duncan? So you just popped in, very first listener. What up, Duncan? All right, we got it. <laughs> so we get the hashtags foster lawyer than hashtag Franz is a 610 PG and you're telling me we're supposed <laughs> to have an unbiased room. Like what this is, is what happens when you ask me to make the room, man. You get to I'm just I'm hashtags. just saying I thought we were gonna have like a kind of a real conversation about Michigan, Michigan State hoops, and then those are the first two hashtags that I see. I mean I I feature your starting point guard. That's not my well, not hey, hashtag hashtag not my starting PG. Well I think he's gonna be the starting PG unless there's a surprise. I disagree. Okay. Well, then we might as well get right into it. Um, lots right, to get on. into. I'm about to, send, I'm about to send invites real quick, but just go ahead with your little, uh, little intro and whatnot. Really, I feel like you just made this intro so lame, but I'm going to go ahead with it. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, tweet this out. Try to get some more people in here, um, and I'll kick us off. Oh, what up, Sean? Inviting Sean up as well. What's going on, man? Sir, how's it going, folks? Nebhard, waiver cleared. Gonzaga, yeah, undefeated. They're going undefeated. They're going undefeated. Yes, sir. Oh, God. But I'm going to speak into existence, and I'm going to take the biggest victory lap of all time when they go undefeated and Drew Timmy wins National Player of the Year. So, Very fair. That's all right, great. I'm going to hit this little intro, and then we'll go. Um, all right. Day before the season starts, we are here to preview it all. Today, specifically, we want to talk about Michigan and Michigan State basketball season preview. My name is Greg Waddell. You've got Carter Elliott here as well. We're on Locker Room, so we may be joined by a bunch of awesome people that want to talk hoops. If anybody wants to chat, request to speak, we'll get you up here. We've got Sean from Making the Madness here as well, college expert. Sean, how are you today? Doing great. I like the uh, little intro there. College uh, hoops expert. Appreciate that. Of course. I feel like you're going to be endorsed by a new uh, insider in the college hoops world every single week. First, it was Jeff Goodman. (laughs) Who's it going to be this week? We don't know. Man, maybe John Rossi. No, that guy doesn't shout anybody out. So never mind. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) We'll Um, see. Specifically, though, like I said, we want to talk Michigan, Michigan State. We're both Michiganders here, at least Carter and I are. Um, And, you know, we can always just fill hours and hours of talking about these two. Cart, where do you want to start with Michigan and Michigan State? Uh, Can I get the Michigan intro first? Go ahead. I said the Michigan intro. Oh, you want the Michigan intro from me? Yes, I would love to hear it, honestly, because, I, you know, I really don't, besides me slandering Juwan, uh, I really don't have the full gist of Michigan hoops right now. So go ahead and enlighten me real quick. Well, I can certainly give you that. So Michigan loses two huge pieces from last year, Xavier Simpson, John Teske. As anybody listening to this, I'm sure they remember those two. They were 19 and 12. If you remember last year, they had a really awesome start to the year. They won the Battle for Atlantis tournament. They were ranked as high as second in the country. A um, couple weeks into the season last year in Jawan Howard's first season at the helm. Big Ten play was a little rockier. They finished ninth in the conference. They finished 10 and 10. Um, not great basketball being played, honestly. Big part of that was that Isaiah Livers was hurt and missed significant time. Franz Wagner was also playing through an injury last season. Um, Simpson and Teske, two guys that won a whole lot of games for that program. I will say as a Michigan fan, though, I'm a little excited just to see what a team looks like without Xavier Simpson. I mean, no disrespect to that man at point guard. But you have to build the team very specifically around his strengths and his weaknesses. Um, Point guard is the huge question for this Michigan team going into this year. I think there's a couple different ways to answer that question that we can get more into later. But they're expecting big breakout year from Franz Wagner. I think Isaiah Livers is what he is at this point. He tested the draft. He's going to be a high quality Big Ten guy. Um, Eli Brooks is back at the two guard as a senior. We'll probably split some, split some time at the point guard position. And then center's another question mark. Replacing Teske, they've got Hunter Dickinson, uh, a fringe four-star, low five-star level guy. 
seven foot one anticipate him being a huge part of the rotation very early Austin Davis senior backup center kind of is what he is at this point not a guy you want playing major minutes and Brandon Johns could be the other X factor in the front court Uh, a guy that could play a small ball center could be like their fifth string at the four depending on how he looks this year compared to what he did last year so basically they're going to be decent they have a lot of proven parts, and they have a couple huge holes and a couple huge question marks. All right. Hey, you know what? Thanks for that, Jeez. And I think that's a good <laughs> transition into my Michigan State spiel. Uh, like, well, actually, unlike Michigan, we're losing a good point guard in Cassius Winston. Ooh, probably the, best, probably the best point guard to me personally that we've had since Magic Johnson. That includes Mateen Cleaves as well. Um, and that's uh, a loss that just can't be overstated. He was the heart and soul of our team. He, as he went, our team went, um, and it's going to be absolutely a huge task to kind of pick up, you know, the slack for what we're going to be missing with Cassius. And besides Cassius, we also lost Xavier Tillman as well, which is another huge loss. Um, a great college big man. I think will be a great pro big man as well. Um, just doing what he does best. He plays ex- He's extremely well on defense, great pick-and-roll player, finisher, smart, uh, underrated passer. So those are the key losses. We do have some newcomers coming in, though. We got Joey Hauser, the transfer from Marquette, 6'9", pick-and-pop threat, who I think is going to excel with Tom Izzo and at the four position for Michigan State, I'm hoping. Hashtag and then we also have freshmen. Chill out. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when the Big Ten ACC challenge comes along. But we also have Maddie Sissoko and AJ Hager as the freshman coming in, and we also have Josh Langford coming back for his, let's say, tenth year at this point um, from injury. So we also have some also pretty big key returners: Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Marcus Bingham, to name a few, and then a couple other freshmen like, uh, or sorry, sophomores coming back uh, like Julius Marble. So. Kind of the outlook on this state team is I, like I said on our college hoops preview, I think they're a little bit overrated at 13. But I think that this team has the possibility and the chances that I wouldn't be surprised. I'll get to it on our bold predictions. But if this team makes a deep run in March, uh, if we can keep Langford healthy and I think guys taking steps is what's going to be key this year. I think a lot of guys have the ability and a lot of guys put in the work to take steps going on to their college careers. But I really think we're going to need steps from a lot of guys this year to pick up the slack that is that we're losing with the, what we're losing from last year. So that's kind of my Michigan State spiel for the year. I know I just struck the fear in you, G. It's all right, though. If we can keep Langford healthy sounds a lot like if I can hold my breath underwater for six minutes straight. <laughs> Just saying. Like, uh, yeah, that's I mean, a major I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. If anything, if, you know, a year that sent us all types of curveballs like 2020, I could another curveball could be Josh Langford staying healthy the whole year. It certainly could. Um, I think it is it fair to say these teams are in sort of similar positions, Car, I mean, they're replacing huge foundational pieces at point guard and center. They bring back proven parts on the wing, but proven parts that have been basically glorified role players for the past few years. No disrespect to like Isaiah Livers, Aaron Henry types, but those guys have been third options at best. Um, I think Michigan State, like you said, is picked a little higher right now. And I think a big part of that is just the the Izzo precedent of you don't pick against him. You know, he's going to put a good product out on the court. Um mm-hmm. Michigan is more of a fringe top 25 team. And I think it's because of skepticism of what Jawan Howard can do as a coach. But I think like overall, I think these teams are going to be neck and neck as far as where they finish in the big 10 race and what their ceiling is come March. Yeah. I I mean, I would say we're a little bit better off than you guys. If I agree with him. And I, and I think you, and I think you would even agree with that G We're we're actually a pretty good bit better off than you guys are. I think your starting point guard, Eli Brooks. So, so I think I think the ceiling is higher with Michigan State, but I think their questions are bigger questions to answer, honestly. So we can get more into what those specifically are, um, but I, I don't think there's like a clear Michigan State is going to be better in March until we know a lot of answers that I'm skeptical on. And that's not Michigan homer in me. I don't think Michigan's going to do very well in March this year, honestly. I just don't know that I think Michigan State is set for a run either. 
Okay. Um, Sean, before we go into like some specific things we want to talk about today, mm-hmm. what do you want to say at the top here? Obviously, you're a national college hoops guy. Um, mm. But what if, what's your perception of these two teams preseason? I mean, for me, I have Michigan State higher. I think I have both top 25, but Michigan State, I believe I have them like 15th in the country and Michigan State like 24. And uh, I think I have like six or seven Big Ten teams in my top 25. So it's another stack year for the Big Ten, best conference in college basketball once again. But for me, the biggest question for Michigan is they certainly have the parts, but how do they? How does Jawan put them together? He has a lot of options. Does he go with – I don't think Eli Brooks and Mike Smith should ever play on this court at the same time due to the height issues there. But so I the question is you go Eli Brooks starting with Shondi Brown – then go Wagner at the three, Livers at the four, which will be an issue on defense, and then Dickinson at the five, or do you go with uh, Smith, then Wagner at the two, Livers at the three, Johns at the four, and Dickinson at the five? This is a super deep Michigan team, but I do think the questions are coaching, and how does Mike Smith translate to this level? How does uh, Sean D. Brown play? How much does he play? There's just... To me, it's minutes are a big question. They have a lot of mouths to feed. I'm curious who actually gets fed. For Michigan State, the questions for me is who takes a step in replacing Xavier Tillman? Does Sissoko play a big role as a freshman? He's a defensive first kind of guy. Can he step up on offense? Marcus Bingham's a guy I've always liked a lot. He's just super skinny. I guess that's what his issue seems to be. Let's see if he put on weight this offseason and can play a big role in replacing Xavier Tillman. And then, can Rocket? Why isn't Rocket Watts likely going to start over Foster Lawyer? That seems concerning to me. Oh, that's absolutely concerning, Sean. Thank you for bringing up that point. Well, uh, there's no reason Rocket Watts is very talented. Does that just mean he didn't get good this offseason? He was not better. Like that's an issue. I feel like. I don't think it means he's not good or he didn't develop or anything. I just think it's a very clear Rocket Watts is not a point guard. And for whatever reason, Tom Izzo no, didn't okay. replace Cassius Winston with a true point guard from a recruiting standpoint other than A.J. Hoggard. See, but, G, this is my point, though. I don't really think we really necessarily need Rocket Watts to be a natural point guard. Just because we had such a natural, gifted passer at point guard last year, I don't really think that's what we're, we really need to center our team's offense around. If anything, I think that Rocket Watts can be a point guard in the sense that his offense and him being such an offensive weapon, I think that that can create shots for others, basically. So basically, it's just another way. Instead of him getting his teammates easier shots, I think he's just necessarily going to create a little more offense because he, or I'm sorry, create shots for others based off his offensive skill set, if that makes sense. It's certainly possible, but if you look at successful Tom Izzo teams from the last 15 years, point guard is like a critically important position with the way they run in transition. So I, I'm curious to see what that works like. I, I Like you said, I'm sure he can figure it out, um, but I think there's a reason there's not like a clear, if you listen to the comments from the coaching staff right now, it's not like, hey, Rocket Watts is starting. He's our starting okay, player. Okay, we, we, both like know, we, we, we both know that those comp- by, that off-season comments by Izzo should not be taken that seriously. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't just Izzo, though. Rocket Watts even said yesterday that he's not sure if he's going to start, and he said that Foster Lawyer worked really hard. And Josh Langford who's kind of the leader on the team, kind of said the same thing, and it made it sound like Lawyer is going to start. I think they're just trying to hype my boy up. I don't think they would do that at this point, though. What do they get out of hyping up a guy who has never really done anything at this level before? That's the thing. They got to hype him up because he hasn't done anything but just get cooked for the last two years. Both he's not a good by player. Every, by everybody. His brother's committed to Purdue, though, next year, so... Maybe his brother will cook him a little bit. Just another younger brother that doesn't commit to the family atmosphere program at Michigan State. Shout I don't out know Justin if Michigan Aarons. State offered him. <laughs> we didn't offer him because he's not as good. He's not as I good mean, as Foster? That, that's in a high, problem. In, in, all, based off high school basketball, no. Fletcher was not as good as Foster. He's a higher-ranked recruit now, isn't he? No, he was not. No, I, I thought they were is. both three-star types. I think Foster's no. a four-star. Foster was a four. Foster was top one hundred. Good, pretty sure like top eight. Pretty sure like top eighty. 
Man, I know yeah, Foster. Yeah, I know Foster was good in high school, but like that's just a missed evaluation by everyone, dude. I saw yeah, Foster in high school. He was really stuff. like that, though. He's one of the honestly, like, not even a stretch. He was one of. He's had one of the most decorated Michigan high school basketball careers of all time. Jeez. I, I mean, I know. I saw it. It was fun to watch, but ugh, yikes! If that's yeah, I know. It's it's hard to separate. You know, getting stepped on by Trey Jones, lawyer, and you know, Clarkston lawyer. Two totally different people. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to monopolize this into a foster lawyer hate room. Um, let's talk some <laughs> some more specific like strengths, weaknesses when you look at these rosters. Let's start with Michigan State. What do you think is going to be a strength of this team just on paper going into the season? Uh, I think, like Michigan, our strength is going to be on the wings. Um, we got Langford back, uh, Aaron Henry coming back, who I expect to have a really big year. And then you have Gabe Brown as well off the bench, who I think is going to be, you know, our best six man. Um, because I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I think that our starting day lineup is going to be Rocket Watts at the one, Langford at the two, Henry at the three, Hauser at the four, and then Marcus Bingham at the five. So, and that, so that leaves us with Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Sissoko, Hogger, those guys, Kippier off the bench. Um, so I think that the wings are really our strength in our team. I think we have a lot uh, – as far as depth, we have good wing depth. Um, but our biggest weakness, I think, is going to be uh, – honestly, it's probably going to be down low. It's probably going to be our front court. Besides Hauser, there's a lot of unproven guys. But um, if anything that we know from Izzo – he has a tendency to kind of develop, not develop bigs, but, you know, kind of have under-recruited or underutilized bigs kind of take steps throughout their career, like a Derek Nix, Matt Costello, uh, just to name a few. Um, those guys really made steps and, you know, strides throughout their careers to be really good Big Ten basketball players. So I think that, you know, I'm looking to have guys like Bingham take those type of steps this year, maybe even Julius Marble, maybe not to that degree where he's a you know, a solid contributor, but contribute more than he did last year. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how Izzo toys with this roster, because I do think like long-term, my theory is that they'll be better playing a little small this year, but I know Tom Izzo historically doesn't love to do that. Um, I think that the centers that they have that are more of like the plotting traditional post guy mold are not their highest ceiling guys uh, other than Sissoko. I mean, he could come in and, be a, a slightly poor man's Kofi Coburn, I think would, is possible by the end of the year. Um, but I think to start the year, if you see Thomas Kithier, if you see Julius Marble playing major minutes, that's not a good sign for this team. Um, I, I do think to your point, their wings are going to be really, really great. And I would love to see them stretch a, a, a possible way to get like Gabe Brown, Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, Josh Langford all on the floor together at once that's a lot of mouths to feed, um, but I, I think that's four of their five best players. I don't think Joey Hauser is going to see probably any time at the five, but it was it would be something I would think about if I was Tom Izzo, depending on how some of those other centers break out. Marcus Bingham is the wild card. Uh, I, you having him in the starting lineup doesn't surprise me. I don't think he'll be the, the day one starter, but I think he's probably the guy that they hope is the starter by the end of the season. See, but I think he is the day one starter because even though he did get out physical last year because of his frame, I mean, in a, in limited minutes, he averaged like one point one and a half blocks a game. You know, it, it, if anything, defensively, you have someone who's 6'11 with a crazy wingspan in the middle who can alter shots and, you know, make shots difficult down low. Um, I really hope he kind of just stay. He, he really wants to be a stretch big really, really bad, which I – I can't hate on him for it because who doesn't want to be a stretch big? I'm a big, I want to be a stretch big, but like some of us, that's not what the team needs best. Uh, I think Bingham defensively solidifies himself as our starting center uh, from day one, but later in the season, I could see someone like Sosoko sliding into that spot as well, just because, you know, doubts that you have with freshmen sometimes or their frame. And like Sosoko's an absolute man child. Yeah. Like he's, he's, just chiseled he's ready his college frame ready to play the game and if anything he's going to play hard and play with effort and give it his all out there so like that's two things that you know you can't teach size and effort so that's going to get him on the floor but I think starting off Bingham's going to be our starting center so 
here's a reverse stat to you on why not Bingham because he threw the blocks number out. There's nobody else on the team that's a rim protector threat at all other than mm-hmm. Sissoko, depending on what his instincts are. But Marcus Bingham last year shot 40% from the floor. That's horrible for a big. Thomas True. Kithier, for example, shot 67% from he, the floor. Okay, he didn't, least, he, didn't shoot, he didn't shoot down low a lot, though, just, just to – well, but that's, I mean, that's the problem. I think this team needs a starting center that's going to be an in-the-paint scoring, finishing presence. And I don't think Marcus Bingham, really without crazy off-season development, is going to be that. Right. But like I like I stated earlier, I think that there is going to be some off-season development and he is going to take some steps this year because I think he has the tools, he has the frame. So I think that, you know... He, he can take those steps to be a, you know, a little used player or a role player to like a legitimate, like a legitimate big 10 player. I think that is something that that's a, that's the next step for Marcus Bing. And I think he is going to take that step and, and Michigan state needs him to take that step for us to be good. Yeah, we'll see. Structurally. I think they need, like I said, a guy who can finish, who's going to be a true post just around. I mean, if you look at the strengths of the other guys around them, Hauser is going to be a, a space, the floor four. I actually think shooting is going to be a major strength of this team, especially if Langford is healthy. Langford and Hauser are elite college shooters. I think Aaron Henry uh, should project up near the 40% three-point range. I think he shot 34% from three last year. I don't think he shot the ball as good as he can last year. Um, and depending on what Rocket Watts' shot selection ends up looking like, if he ends up taking you know good shots and he's focused on being more of a facilitator if he has to play the point, I think that's four guys who could all be around 40% shooters. To me, that's why you need a guy that's just going to be a catch-and-finish big, which is not what Marcus Bingham is. So I, we'll see. If I think Bingham is the highest-ceiling guy. I think him or Sissoko is the starter in March. But I think you're going to see a lot of Kithier and a lot of Julius Marble minutes early, to the frustration of MSU fans. Yeah, I definitely will be frustrated if I got to watch Kithier out there in Marble. Play the majority <laughs> of the minutes. Like, I think they can contribute, but, like, in spurts, very small spurts. What about right. this, though? What about Malik Hall at the five a little bit? It's not natural, but he's a really good athlete. Maybe he could play some five. I I would I would like it if he can stay on the floor, but I do it as a hack. So I, yeah. I love Malik Hall. I think he's the guy that's going to be hurt the most just from the Joey Hauser edition, though. They basically played the exact same role, at least with what Hall did last year. So I'm I'm hopeful that Hall doesn't sort of get swept aside here because I love him as a prospect. But I don't know where the minutes come from for him. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, he, he did show some flashes last year. Uh, he had a big game, that Seton Hall game in particular. Um, he's athletic. Uh, I think he needs to work on his jump shot more. Um, and hopefully, you know, with a guy like Hauser there, he can kind of mold his game somewhat to what a, what a Josie Hauser does. I'm sorry, I'm saying as like a pick and pop four man. That's that's what that's where Michigan State is going to be at their best this year with Joey Hauser being an elite pick and pop four man, which I think he can be uh, with an increased role because I mean his numbers were good his freshman year at Marquette and he wasn't touching the pill at all. Right. Like it was all it was all Marcus Howard all the time. So, so I think let's but, let's flip on Michigan State and talk some potential weaknesses now. The point guard spot we obviously need to hit more on, but more in general, I'm curious like where where does the playmaking come from for this team? Are they if they're not going to run through like a primary high usage point guard kind of like you insinuated at the top like who are they running offense through this year? Uh, that's a question I really don't know if I can answer, to be honest. Um, in in theory, I think it should just be a couple of guys basically, be, you know, being more playmakers. Um, we're going to need Foster to do something this year. He's going to have to play, unfortunately. So he's going to have to show something, at least hit down, op- at least hit open shots, take open shots. Like he's got to play some. And also, A.J. Hoggard is going to be really big, I think. Um, he is a bigger, stockier guard. Um, some would say he is a little chunky. It seems that he has slimmed up a little bit over this summer being on campus in East Lansing. But he is a – he. I think he's a someone who can handle some, some of the ball handling duties for our team. And like I said, I think Rocket is never going to be a pure point guard. That's not who he is. 
But I think our offense could also work best if we can get something out of Foster and we can get something out of Hoggard maybe at some point guard minutes and put Rocket on the wing. And also Henry is going to have to play kind of a a role in, you know, getting us in our offense from that three position as well. Um, a lot is going to rot. We're expecting a lot out of Aaron Henry this year. He has the tools. I think he took a step back last year. Um, if if you ask many Michigan State people, um, he had a good year, solid year, but I expected a lot more. And I think that he needs to play to his level and his ability this year, especially with what we're losing. So I just think it's more getting playmaking from multiple guys instead of our whole playmaking going through one person. Yeah, so if you think back to last year, I know there was like a couple week-long stretches of the season where my Michigan State friends in group chats were like very anti-Aaron Henry. So I, I do think it's been interesting that like he's just projected as, okay, he's kind of the centerpiece of this team. Um, there's still question marks there. I love Henry. I do think he's Michigan State's best player on paper. I think Rocket Watts certainly has a higher ceiling offensively if Rocket becomes the guy people think he can become in his second year. Um, but I, I don't know. It's I'm curious to see, like, uh, an, a higher usage Aaron Henry, what does that look like? Like, are his assist numbers right. going up more? Are the type of shots he's taking different? I heard – I listened to uh, – I forget what the podcast is called, but it's the guy from UM Hoops, Dylan Burkhart, and then Brendan Quinn from The Athletic. Um and Brendan is like so high on Joey Hauser. He thinks he's a first team all Ooh. Big Ten guy. He thinks oh, he's geez. gonna he thinks he's gonna lead Michigan State in assists. He was throwing out like five oh. assists the game. God. Whoa, so I'm wow. like uh, I'm just trying wait. to picture where the assists come from with this team. <laughs> yeah. Not Joey Hauser. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know about that. He did average. He averaged two and a half Dude. assists at Marquette as a freshman with Marcus Howard. So like, he, probably, he probably literally pass. just handoffs to Marcus Howard and him just gunning. Yeah, Hauser is a bit overrated in my opinion. So okay, let's drill into that. So Joey oh, Hauser, yeah, oh, I bet, oh, I bet you're excited to drill into that. Joey Hauser, very good freshman year. It seems Michigan mm-hmm. State fans are ready to just give this guy the world in the front court this year. I do think he's a Big Ten starter from day one. I'm not sure yeah. I'm seeing like the the all Big Ten accolade stuff that I think not at all. No, be. he's not the good Hauser twin. Like I also want to say that Sam Hauser is a better basketball player than Joey Hauser to me, based on what I, I actually. Seen. I think Joey's more talented, but I think that Sam's a better player, if that makes sense. why? So give us the scout on Joey Hauser then from your side, Sean. Just Joey has more – he's a little more athletic, and he has a wider range of shots that he's showed off in his career. Sam was pretty much just a reliant three-point shooter guy. Well, how's the – Joey can shoot threes at a really high clip also – he can hit three. He can hit some mid-range shots, and I'm sure Sam could also. He just didn't. He didn't try them. I'm sure. I think Joey could hit a couple fadeaways here and there. He showed that off a little bit, but I don't think he's an All Big Ten guy. He'll probably have, I don't know, ten to twelve points a game. I don't see the five assists at all. But he's a average defender. He can rebound a little bit, but not great. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's an All Big Ten guy. And if Michigan State is relying on him to be their star, then they're in for a not great season. Carr, what's, I mean, what do you expect out of Joey Hauser this year? Um, I don't expect for him to be our best player. I don't think, I think that Michigan state reaches our potential. If Aaron Henry steps up and is our best player, which I, I think he has the tools to be. I think Joey Hauser needs to be the best at what we need him to be. And that is a pick and pop four man, which is something we didn't have we like the like you you got to realize last year for Michigan State basketball the four position was a carousel it was absolutely just chaos on who we were throwing out there as a four like Tillman was solidified at the five Cash is at PG we had everything kind of set the four man was just a rotating thing I mean everyone got a chance I believe Julius Marble even you know got some starts last year a revolving door yeah it literally was a revolving door on four man so if anything. I think that it brings some some stability to the four position. And also, you know, it's just the idea of having a pick and pop four man who is a threat from outside. And, you know, because he's a threat from outside, I can also get some buckets inside as well. I think that we just need him to be basically the best pick and pop four man that he can be. But 
if Hauser is our best player this year, then we are not going to reach our full potential. I would I agree 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. I do too. I think you nailed it. I think Hauser's a guy that if you slotted him in on a team with like a Cassius Winston at point guard, it's very easy to predict what he looks like. Okay. I think and, the and, heart. And- it's sorry, G, sorry, G, I don't want to get in my feelings at all, but like the way waivers are being handed out, the fact that Joey Hauser couldn't get his clear last year is some bullshit. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, they're different, though. I agree, but the way they've handled things this year are vastly different just because of COVID and everything. Right. And I think team, the, uh, the team that they're leaving from is just being more lenient. And that's a lot of the thing that gets you a waiver denied. I think uh, Steve Wojciechowski had a. Uh, uh, Mar- Marquette probably didn't sign off on the waiver for the Hauser twins just due to the how random it was that they left. And they probably didn't have a legitimate reason besides Marcus Howard takes a lot of shots. That's a reason they left. And they were both Wisconsin natives. They were close to home. So they have no reason to be like, ah, I'm going closer to home because they were close to home and they just left. True. I'm still salty, are, but true. Are there are there no mental red flags to you with the fact that like a guy who projected as a leading scorer at Marquette transferred with his brother out of a team that was going to be really really good, and then they transferred to different schools? Like, isn't that a little red flaggy? Uh, not not really to me. I don't think. I mean, just because they're brothers, they got to go to the same school. I mean, that's not really that red flaggy to me. I just don't get why he transferred. Like, I get Marcus Howard takes a lot of shots, but uh, a lot of shots. But he was really good on those shots he was taking. He shot over forty percent from three every single year of his career, and he was a he. He's the all time Big East leading scorer. Like, I don't get why they really transferred. If he wanted to play winning basketball, they should have stayed at Marquette. I, I thought it was more red flaggy that they left in the first place, not the fact that they didn't yeah, transfer. So not, not the fact that they didn't transfer to the same spot. Like, I really didn't yeah, get that. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean, though. Like, if you didn't like playing with Marcus Howard, can I present you with Rocket Watts at point guard? Like, oh, oh, oh man. okay. All right. If there's all some the selfishness. No, 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 no. We are not going to do that because I think dude, we are going to do that. Marcus Howard was a gun. A different level gun. Where there's there's like I, shot and what do you think Rocket Watts if he's truly the point guard is going to be? What do you say? What do you think Rocket Watts if he is actually playing twenty minutes a game at point guard is going to be? He's not going to gun like Marcus Howard. He won't have the ability to gun like Marcus Howard. Oh, I mean, he's he'll not going to make get, the he'll shots. He'll get cold if he guns like that. Well, I think we're going to have to see because Rocket Watts is a step back off the backboard three, like three of those a game waiting to happen, even in his hot stretch at the end of last year. Oh, but, but Greg, you can't expect Rocket Watts to take good shots. Take that's good. not what he does. He's not a good shot taker. He's good at making tough shots. That's- and that's why your point guard position is a major red flag. And it's hilarious that your starting power forward transferred away from a guy who made bad shots to now mm-hmm. play with a guy who might not make bad shots. That's, but it's still going to take him. That is so 2018. Get real, <laughs> dude. I mean, I'm just saying, there's question marks, dude. The more and more I look okay. at this Michigan State roster, like, they're, the highest leading scorer returning is Aaron Henry, who is 10.0 points a well, game. Well, to be fair, I mean, if you're looking at the last time Langford played, it's prob- it's technically him. Oh. But, oh, I mean, yeah, sure. also hasn't played in, like, three years, so... I mean, Trey Burke scored 18 a game in 2013, but I'm not <laughs> about it. Like, I don't know. There just there are a lot of question marks, man. A lot of question marks. I agree. There is a lot of question marks with this team. But if Rocket Watts, I think ideally the best player on this team is Rocket Watts. But I don't know if we're gonna get that. Like, if Foster Lawyer is starting the first game tomorrow, to, they play tomorrow, right? They do. If he is starting. Or ends up playing more minutes than Rocket Watson, we then we have a problem. Yeah, we're gonna have to reconvene after tomorrow and see how far off or close we are with projections of this team based on who starts and how they play. Um, Eastern Michigan, I believe it's a six p.m. tip, so we are probably going to get back on locker room and just do post game stuff for that. Feel free to jump back in. Um, oh, Eastern Drake, Michigan has on? a has a stud, Bryce McBride. Watch out, Juco yeah, player. McBride is really good. Drake, what's going on, dude? Not too much. Um, getting my cardio in for the day. Um, Love it. I, I think uh, you know, I think Michigan State, they've earned their benefit of the doubt. Like, you can obviously poke holes in the roster, but they usually figure it out. If, you know, they're going to enter, 
basically every single matchup they have with the coaching advantage. And it's just like, you know, yeah, they don't have like a bona fide point guard to start the season. Yeah, like they have question marks with Hauser and Langford's health and all that stuff. But overall, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like say that they're going to finish outside of the top three in the conference. Like, I don't think they'll, they'll finish worse than Iowa, um, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Um, you, 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 you disagree? You said that they're going to be better than uh, Wisconsin and Illinois? Or are you saying the I other think way they, around? They won't be. I think they'll finish in the top three. They'll be better than at least one of those teams. They will be better than Wisconsin. Be better than Wisconsin be are frauds. Wisconsin are not frauds. Wisconsin they really, are they frauds. They won, they won the conference last season. They returned every player not named Brevin Pritzel from that team. I'd, I give zero fucks. Well, you cannot convince me that Wisconsin aren't frauds. What's the you Wisconsin next factor? Micah Potter. Micah Potter is a phenomenal player and will likely be on the all Big Big Ten first team. <laughs> what? Wow. What, wow. what is the X factor with Wisconsin? Brad Davidson. <laughs> Micah Potter. You don't 100%. have an X factor like you have with Underwood with Illinois, and you don't have an X factor like you do with Garza in Iowa. But those three teams this year, those three teams this year, they better capitalize off of it. Because if Imani Bates is in the near future for Michigan State, I think I got that right, and Michigan already has the number one recruiting mm-hmm. class for 2021, there is a very good chance there's not a lot in the future in terms of just true star-studded recruiting classes for teams outside of Michigan in the Big Ten. Those teams who have a chance to really make this season special, they better make the most of it because it clearly could become a two-team race, at least for the next couple of years with the recruiting classes is a yeah, absolutely. Uh, hold up, Carter. Though, why don't you think Micah Potter is good? Uh, okay, you just said he's first team All Big Ten as a big. There's man. ten players on that list. And how many front court? So are, are we are we accounting for like what four front court players on that team? No, it's ten players. Period. Ten players. Period. Regardless of position. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to. You can go on right now. I'm about to make a list right now of hold on, hold players on. and Michael Potter. You can go ahead though. I'm, I don't I'm think Michael Potter's better than Nate Reavers. Either do I. I do. He's a I much better defender. Can, can I get Potter, a percentage? Is Michael Potter like the fourth best player on that team? Is Demetri Tristel on that team? He is, he is but uh, I believe he scored. Let's see. Trice had nine point eight a game, and Potter had ten. Potter played less games because he was eligible later, but he was really good when he did play. He's Wisconsin will be Wisconsin. Like, they're not, he's 6'10", 250, and shot over 40% from three. Let's see you do that again. <laughs> Wisconsin will be Wisconsin. They are what they are. They're going to be a hard out. They're going to be a total bitch to play. They might win the conference. They're not going to make a Final Four, in my opinion. Like Their backcourt is Brad Davison and the Trice brother. That's a fine Big Ten team. To Sean Coleman's point, they better capitalize this year because they're not going to have the talent to do it against Michigan or Michigan State as soon as next year. Greg, did, I have you a question for you. Rumor, did y'all hear the rumor that since Kaminsky's probably not getting a big free agent deal, he's going to exercise um, his fifth year of eligibility to come back and play for Wisconsin? Oh, God. I would believe it, Sean. I really would. All right. Drake, what's your question? Yeah, so when was the last time Michigan State did not finish in the top three of the conference? Because I, I don't know, but it feels like it's been forever. I have oh, them man. top three. I think they're vastly no, be, better than Iowa. Cassius Winston's freshman year would be the answer, which just so happened to be one of the more talented teams Izzo's had. But, yeah, they was were that, I mean, they were like a nine seed that year, I believe. Oh, the year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Miles was their best player. Yeah. Miles Bridges freshman year. Nick Ward had a breakout at the that other year. That was the year after they lost to Middle Tennessee, right? Uh, that was, yes, the year after the Middle Tennessee loss. They lost to Kansas with Josh Jackson in the tournament. Mm, and Tom right. Aaron started over Cassius Winston for 90% of that season. <laughs> Shout out Reggie Upshaw. And, oh, Reggie we, Upshaw, Giddy Potts. How confident are we that the season's going to actually happen? Like that will get. We're, Drake, we're not. 100%. I'm not allowing anyone to answer that question. We're not. Yeah, doing me that. either. I'm positive. It's optimism, positive. folks. It's optimism. Um, all right, we're 40 minutes into this. We said we'd do a Michigan preview too, so I'm pivoting. While we've got Drake up here, we're going to talk to an actual Michigan fan. I'm so excited to do that. Um, let's let's get into more specific strengths and weaknesses. They're probably going to sound similar to Michigan State. 
Um, I think they have more certain like scoring answers than Michigan State does. I think you can expect both Wagner and Livers to be at minimum like 12 points a game, guys. I think Eli Brooks is a 40% shooter guaranteed. The big question Ooh. marks that are major weaknesses are similar, though. Like, who plays the point guard? I think it's going to be Mike Smith, the Columbia transfer from day one. Um, and what does the center position look like? Is Hunter Dickinson the answer there? Can Hunter Dickinson guard pick and rolls at all? A lot of questions. So, I mean, Drake, as a Michigan fan, like, what do you think the biggest weakness of this team is? Um, I mean, I think you talked a little bit about it, but the point guard position, like the expectation that a transfer from Columbia just comes in and takes the reins there, I think is a little unrealistic. I think it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a by committee type of situation there where you'll get some Mike Smith, you'll get some Eli running the one. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't think like Nunez is really capable of doing that, that job. Uh-huh. But, right. <laughs> He's just good at doing TikToks. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So, I mean, I think they have a lot of options. They have a lot of guards, but no one that you can firmly say. And I think it's kind of similar to Michigan State in a sense where it's like there's no one that you can pinpoint as like that's our guy at the one. That's the guy who we can like kind of ride to, you know, a top three finish in the big time. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Mike Smith will get the first shot at it, but I'm not necessarily expecting him to like be the guy who's going to be playing 25 minutes a game there. I will say this. I think one area where the Iowas and the Illinois and the Wisconsin's really could make a difference is the continuity that they have. Michigan and Michigan State, exactly. but obviously Michigan State, um, you know, a little bit less with Tillman and Winston gone. But if this season is short, like to the extent of it starts in February for whatever reason or in January because you've just got a bunch of COVID outbreaks, the season shortened, you've got conference tournaments, and then you've got tourneys in general, that may favor the teams that are familiar with playing each other, which are those three teams and why they're so highly ranked this year. So that could come into their favor. I think the shorter the season goes, the more it may benefit the Iowas and the Wisconsin's and the Illinois, you know, Illinois in whatever schedule they have plus The other thing I would say there, Sean, I think that's a fantastic point to benefit those teams that have played together. The other thing that works in Michigan's favor is they're old. Their top five players Correct. are all guys that are seniors, Mike Smith and Sean D. Brown, both being guys that are transferring in. But guys that played 30 minutes a game, Sean D. Brown at Wake Forest, Mike Smith played like damn near every single minute and did everything mm-hmm. for Columbia last year. This is probably the oldest team in the country other than Wisconsin. I mean, they're going to start five, four guys that are all 22 years old. Mm, Richmond's the oldest. There. Um, Franz Wagner and Hunter Dickinson are the two that aren't, but they're even those two – Dickinson is really old for his age. He's like a 20-year-old freshman. He's Shout 20? That. Shout out Iggy Brzezdekin. Yeah, he's huge. Did he get left back a couple of years or something? What happened there? Yeah, we don't talk about it, Sean. We just know he's 7-1 <laughs> and has a really good hey, lefty and, hook. 7-2. Also, 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 G, to give you your little bit, I think that Shondi Brown is really overlooked as far as, like, the transfers on this team. Like, everyone talks about Mike Smith, but, like, if we're being honest and to be critical of Mike Smith, he was putting up numbers on a god awful Columbia team, and yeah. the and I mean they were bad, and he took a lot of bad shots, which probably contributed to his percentages a little bit. But in all honesty, I don't really expect this five eleven you know gunner from Columbia to really come in and make a big impact. A guy like Shondi Brown, actually, even going back before he came into Wake Forest. He was a really big recruit for Wake Forest. I want to say he was like a four-star, like almost fringe top 50 guy in the country. And physically, not only is he older, but like he, like as far as frame-wise, I think he's someone that could be, you know, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to be like some breakout, like player of the year type dominant, you know, player, but he could have like a an effect and a dominance and a presence you know, playing against basically younger dudes. Um, I think that he kind of gets overlooked, and that waiver was really big uh, that that got approved for them, to be honest. I think he's going to – Elite defender. Yeah, like he's going to be really good, I think. 100%, and I think he also provides them a lot of positional versatility because theoretically he can play the two. He can guard the two through four. He don't really have any – He's livers, isn't he? Is he livers, basically? He's a guard. Smaller. Livers, I mean – the, the thing is, you feel really good as a Michigan fan about Brown, Livers, and Wagner. And you also know you have Eli Brooks. So at the very minimum, like if the point guard position's a disaster with Mike Smith and Zeb Jackson can't do anything as a freshman, like Eli's played the point guard before. It's not ideal. But those four guys can play the one through four, I think, at a pretty high level throughout Big Ten play. 
Has Eli really played the point guard, though? I feel like he played a lot of off guard last year. So he started at point over Xavier Simpson through, I think they played the Maui Invitational Eli's freshman year, and then he lost the job midseason, and then that was the year that they made the run with Mo Wagner to the championship game. So he has experience doing it. He was nothing special in that role. He's a lot <laughs> He's got experience. He's got experience losing the job. I mean, <laughs> look, Xavier Simpson wasn't good to start that year at all either. So I think, like, if Eli is playing full-time point guard this year, I don't think it lowers the ceiling for Michigan as much as it does if Rocket Watts doesn't work out at point guard for MSU, I guess would be my point. Like, it's not the ideal thing, but it's not going to, like, turn them into a non-tournament team like I think it would if Foster Lawyer has to play 35 minutes. No, I I think Michigan State's a tournament team no matter what, but just from the coaching alone. Yeah, that's are we, wait, wait a second, Sean. I don't want to. I don't want to know if I'm if I'm jumping things, but are we getting the Michigan might miss the tournament takes going? No, no, no. I damn it. No, I think Michigan's a tournament <laughs> team regardless too, probably. But I just think Michigan's a more talented team. I just think they have a significantly worse coach. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a stretch early to say significantly well, one, worse. One's Tom Izzo and one's coach one season in college basketball. So for and, now, I feel like that's fair. I mean, you I don't disagree. think you were successful in one season? Like, I, I don't think you can determine coach. Wait, I know we're not bringing out it. Howard's better coach than Izzo takes. I'm so not. I'm yo, okay. yo, 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 chill. But I, I didn't like the term significantly better on a guy that I think is totally <laughs> the, unproven. The, who has the wording the best well. He's unproven, exactly. Like, where, he's, where he's, he? he's not unproven. He's absolutely he not unproven. unproven. He's, he's not unproven. Absolutely unproven. At the college level, he is unproven as a coach. He's one he and one is. against uh he's one and one against Mr. March proven Tom Izzo with senior Cassius Winston. He also head to head. He also love. comes from the Miami Heat. He also comes from the Miami Heat and Eric Sultra. You may want to you may want to sit there and not put much emphasis on that, but a couple of things come from I don't from want it. to. Number one, well, then I think that's a flaw because he knows how to develop young talent. He has connections as well, and he also learned how to play, do the things that will lead to instant success, especially when you don't have the best talent and to develop talent to get ready to the NBA. I think you're right, Nov Howard's coaching background a little bit too much, and you've already seen what he can do recruiting-wise. So well, I think Jerry, Jerry Stackhouse was a coach in the G League for three years, and he was an assistant on multiple teams, and that's clearly not going well. So, he's at Vanderbilt. There's yeah, but Sean, Van- in there's one year, Jawan Howard has done so much more than Jerry Stackhouse has. I, I agree, like, but I'm not putting too much stock into Jawan Howard. It'll help recruiting-wise. He can say, I played with LeBron James, and I was an assistant after that for the Heat and all that, and I was really good in college, and I had a long NBA career. But I don't think that helps him all that much coaching college basketball. You see all the time that it just doesn't always translate that way. But what if it does? That's the whole point. Not everybody comes from the heat. Not everybody has had the successful coaching career. Jawan Howard was used as a potential coach in the NBA long term before his playing Mm -hmm. days were done. There's been something about him for a decade that people have seen in him. So I just think you may be writing off a little bit too much. He's not your same typical just a year into his head coaching career type coach. He has much more extensive background, quality background, than most coaches do. This this would fit the Michigan role because this sounds a lot like people how they defend Harbaugh. So it's it's really maybe it's just the Ann Arbor thing. There's no comparison, dude. There's no comparison. I think Howard's a good coach, but you, I'm not ready to put him. I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but I wouldn't put him like top four or five in the Big Ten as a coach right now. Well, I think that's a wild mistake by you, since he's pulling John Calipari like classes in one calendar year. Exactly, recruiting is going to be a strong suit of his no matter what. But let's see, I think if he struggles to figure out the best lineup this season, that's going to be a big issue for him because this team has the talent to be top three in the conference. They have a lot of depth. But if this team isn't as good as they could be, that's going to look really bad on him because that's where it ultimately falls. Sean, did Juwan Howard pass the test for you last year? Are you asking me? I'm asking making the madness, Sean. Okay. Yeah, he did. He did what I thought he about as I thought they're going to be. I mean, they he, they overachieved big time early, right? Beating Gonzaga and who else did they beat in that tournament? 
North Carolina, maybe? North, yeah, North Carolina. Uh, but they overachieved big early, and I was a little surprised. But, you know, they came back down to earth a little bit. They struggled for a stretch there. Then they beat Rutgers on the road, correct? That was the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, do you know that the entire time they struggled was when Isaiah Livers was out? Livers was yeah, hurt. I was, but yeah, I was just going to say, he went Livers out and they fell I mean, there's, there's literally there. nothing yeah. in one year to say Jawan Howard projects as, like, an average Big Ten coach. He projects I didn't say that, better than that. But I'm not going to project him to be better than Tom Izzo. Or I mean, you said not top five in the guard. Big Ten. You said not I top said, five in the Big Ten. I said I'm not sure he'd be top four or five currently. Okay. He could be the best I, I, in five I years, totally disagree. Totally disagree. He could he could be the best next year, and if he doesn't have success this year with five seniors, I really doesn't don't think that's going to sit there and have as much impact as what he does next year with the top recruiting class, a recruiting class that has six players in it. It's kind of like Penny Hardaway down here in Memphis. It, the name is there, yes, but there is a bit of coaching background. Penny is his connections. That's why he can recruit. But Howard is connections, but also experience. And I think that Howard will be able to really maximize his opportunities when he gets his true players in there in these recruiting classes. I think that you are seeing Michigan as being one of the most well-positioned college um, uh, programs when it comes to basketball, at least over the next half decade, if he doesn't jump to the NBA. And I think he's going to have them in Final Four contention every year. We'll see. Whoa. I disagree with that, but we'll see. Yeah, It's it's a we'll see type thing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to project either way. I mean, it's been one season, but let's say next year, I don't know what NBA jobs might open up, but let's say one opens up, he gets offered. I think he's gone. He's going to stay for his sons. Yeah, I mean, literally. So even if he gets put, you think even if he gets put in the spot where he could take an NBA job, you think he's going to stay for his kids? Yeah, I don't think he's at Michigan for a decade at all. I agree he wants to go back to the the NBA at some point. I think he's here for at a minimum four years after this year. He's here to get his two kids through Michigan, hopefully into the NBA for the younger one because he's a, a high four-star prospect. And after that, who knows? And I think that speaks to his potential to where if there was already NBA interest in him, I think that he'll be able to figure it out at the college level. I you, know You mean he, to tell me Greg Gard's not on NBA radars as a coach, Sean? Ooh. <laughs> I don't think Greg Gard's on NBA radars, but he's a proven college basketball coach who's done it for – Number of Sean, what's Greg Gard's Orion? best record at Wisconsin? It's not better than Jawan's record at Michigan in one year. Mm, what is the I best don't... year Greg Gard has had at Wisconsin, record-wise? 23 and 11, 21 and okay. 10. Okay, so that's, that's literally exactly what Jawan did last year in year one, losing the best recruit that he had, inheriting a beeline class when beeline totally fucked that roster over. Hey, that's fair. I think that Jawan's a good coach, but – I just don't feel comfortable putting him that high yet. Fine, but I don't think there's anything tangible you can point to that says Greg Gard is a more successful college basketball coach than Juwan. This shit sounds so hardball-ish. I'm just letting you know. I mean, I think the difference is that Juwan has already backed it up on the court to me. Well, I mean, Harbaugh, it's, it's, it's been it's it's been one year though. Exactly, I'm not saying like, he had. I'm not saying he had a bad year last year. I he had a very good jo- year. I think Juwan had a really good year. And, and he, he had a situation where he was dealt a roster of players that he did not want that was, like you said, left in shambles, and they lost their best player to injury, and he still had a good year for what he was kind of dealt, he said. What yeah. I'm saying is it's been one year. Yeah, but the he difference, is, he, like, the difference is, in projecting the next He is year. trending, yes, to do all these things that you guys are talking about with the recruiting classes, doing all the right things, but it's a situation where – it's got to be put. Everything's got to come together. Like you know, it it, it sure. sounds good. It looks good on paper, but you gotta like you gotta show me. Sure. Well, the difference fairness. is that a, an instant impact recruit in basketball leads to tangible on court success at a much easier rate than a high recruit in football does. Losses too big. Losses losses too big recruits last year. No one talks about that. Nobody expected Harbaugh to be this bad either. Like, very few did because he had legitimate background. Like, he was the one that had success at Stanford, developed Andrew Luck at Stanford, went to San Francisco, was highly, highly successful there in an, in an unprecedented way with Colin Kaepernick in terms of, of the type of quarterback that he was. So, in fairness, I see what you're saying about Harbaugh, but nobody really expected it to be as bad as it has been or that I know of. Of course, I'm not as connected as y'all, but I think that that's kind of the flaw in the Harbaugh comparison is because it just it, it, it just nobody expected it to be this bad. 
So right. there's just there's literally no comparison. Between no, 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 Howard no. The, no the, I agree. The, the, like the compa- the, no, this is the one comparison I'm making. And yes, it might be a reach, but that's what I that's what I do from time to time. I do reach, and it's a flaw, and it's it happens. <laughs> but what I'm Everybody saying is. is, there's a lot of hype. The recruiting, the recruiting is going up. Everything's going up. Everything's doing well. <laughs> it could literally be a hardball situation if Howard's bringing in all these recruits, it doing all be. this noise, doing all this whatnot. And then he doesn't. He doesn't live up to it. He doesn't get I, I, the titles. I feel I mean, that's a fair when point. Shea Patterson was a Heisman contender when he was coming into Michigan. The Yo, quarterback whisper. No, he wasn't. Shea Patterson was never a Heisman thing, contender. Y'all, y'all, Michigan fans Carter, hyped him up as a Heisman candidate. Yes, Michigan Carter, fans. With all due respect, with all due respect, like, I, look, this is sliding into like just Michigan State fan. Let's just hate on the entire Michigan <laughs> University athletics <laughs> but, program but, thing. But, but, but I feel like I, get, I feel like I've been pretty. I feel like I've been pretty fair on this and giving well, Michigan. I've I've been pretty unbiased on like no. What you what you haven't world. acknowledged is all the off the court, off the field bullshit that Jim Harbaugh has cultivated that leads to this that meltdown being hilarious. That is, that is true. Which, even good. if even no, if, that is that is true. That is true. I think Harbaugh is a shitty. Person, I mean, that's a huge part. Juwan didn't mm-hmm. come in talking that arrogant shit so that if he doesn't have a great year next year. Sean, could you pass work. the popcorn real quick? Do you, do you have butter or do you go ahead and pass the popcorn? <laughs> just absurd. I, it's just absurd, Carter. Well, All right. Well. We're we're almost at an hour. We got a bunch of people listening. If anybody wants to jump in, request to speak. We'll get you up here real quick. Um, Carl, you want to go through for some y'all. speed round stuff real quick? Yeah. And I do have uh, a quick question. Before y'all we go on, I love you, G. Sean, Sean, go ahead. What's up? I was going to ask, Keon Johnson, the hype with him at Tennessee. Are y'all it's real? Jaden Springer, I thought, was our big guy, and I still think he is. But the Keon Johnson, like we're talking about, there's projections for both of them to be in the lottery. And right mm-hmm. now, Keon Johnson's moving into the top ten. What is Yeah, I, I, really I saw, I saw him at five in today's yes. draft. Uh, I think five or six. Yeah, I I, I – I looked into his game. I still think that Springer is the more polished player at this point in time. But evidently, Keon Johnson has a higher upside. I, I haven't seen anything really pointing to it, but it just seems like over the past month leading up to the season, there's not been a 2021 prospect who's got more. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's, because I, I, I think it's like tools he has too, and like you know, yeah. you know, if anything about the NBA draft, upside is just something that people just cannot help but look at, and I think the upside hit with him is crazy. Um, you know, he has the tools, the intangibles. Uh, it's basically just if he can put it all together and reach that point, but he could definitely make some noise. And I feel like because a guy like Jaden Springer's coming in, Keon Johnson's kind of being pushed to the wayside. But as far as like measurables and intangibles, like Keon Johnson's potential is off the charts to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Tennessee is a top seven team because they have those two: Eve Pond, John Fulkerson. Uh, Josiah James, and you get EJ Anasicki coming in from Sacred Heart. You get uh, Victor Bailey, uh, Uros Plavchich. He's, you know, very tall. Let's see if he's going to be anything good. But there's a lot there at Tennessee. That's why I have them as a top seven team in the preseason. Sean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Greg posted a video of himself singing Rocky Top the other day. He immediately deleted it. But- <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, I need the, to see that. Yeah, the the, the rumors are just buzzing in this room. Apparently, there's there's no fact checkers here to rein us in from just spewing nonsense here. Um, Greg, you're singing Rocky Top, though. It, no, it did not happen. To be clear, <laughs> um, although I will say I love Tennessee this year, and I love the entire just like the colors, the logo, everything. I'm in on Tennessee. Can that happen though? So I'm in. I think we need I, that to happen. Eh, we'll see. Um, all right, let's do quick speed round, Carter. Like, literally, let's just run through these. And then we got okay. some bold predictions both on Michigan Michigan State. So, best player on Michigan State this year, go. Aaron Henry. Sean, you want to participate too? Making the Madison? Uh, sure. Would you like me to? If you want to. This is just quick fire, rapid, rapid questions. All right. Uh, what was the breakout best player on best Michigan player? State? Josh Langford. I'm going Josh Langford as well. Best player on Michigan. Livers. Wagner. I'm going Wagner. Um, Let's go. Who's the X factor? Like the most critical piece to attaining whatever the ceiling is for this team. Michigan State first. I would say Aaron Henry again. 
Rocket Watts. I also have Rocket Watts. X Factor for Michigan. <laughs> Franz. Sean D. Brown. I'm going Mike Smith. Um, and uh, lastly, let's do freshman to watch Michigan State. I'm going to go A.J. Hoggard, actually. Wow. Sissoko. I agree with Sissoko. Freshman to watch for Michigan. Dickinson. Dickinson. Dickinson, and I'm going to throw this out there. I think Dickinson is in play for Big Ten Freshman of the Year because I think he's going to start from day one and get the opportunity. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's gigantic. I mean, he, he's just going to outsize everybody. Besides, He's, off, he's off brand Cameron Crutwig. <laughs> that's, that's fine. He's, I'm fine he's with also that like seven inches taller than Cameron Crutwig. He's also a bucket. Like, let's just be clear. He's bucket. Um, all right, Cart, we've got bold predictions. Do you want to go first? Uh, we should probably save mine for last because they're pretty bold. Oh, God. What'd you, did oh. you do three for both teams, or what do you have? I just I stuck to Michigan State on mine. You Juwan Howard State in the middle of the season. Just kidding. Okay. I, I'll go through mine. I have Michigan and Michigan State. So I'll go Michigan first. Then I'll do my Michigan State. Then I'll throw it to you to just do whatever you want to burn this room <laughs> to the ground. That'll be um, fun. Number one, Franz Wagner leads Michigan in both scoring and assists. It's my first Ooh. prediction. Second one, Mike Smith averages less than 15 minutes per game. Oh. I, don't think, I don't think Mike is going to be the answer at point guard. And I would have talked more about that if you didn't compare fucking Jawan Howard to Jim Harbaugh and monopolize 20 minutes <laughs> in the room. Uh, third, I think Hunter Dickinson is runaway Big Ten freshman of the year. And those are my Michigan predictions. Here are my MSU predictions. Number one, Joey Hauser is the only player on MSU who starts every game this season. Number two, three different starters will average over 40% from three. Number three, Rocket Watts will average more turnovers per game than assists per game. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. That's my three. Okay. Now, now's the time for mine just to burn the whole room down. <laughs> yes, I'm sir. Excited. All right, let's get it. First, Aaron Henry, Big Ten Player of the Year. Good oh, God. Rocket That's... Watts, all Big Ten. Good God. Hauser, Henry, Watts form a big three that the Big oh, Ten God, has no. never seen before, and we make a Final Four run in March. Okay, it. that's not happening. Look, we got one guy in this room who just gave you objective basketball analysis, and then we got whatever that bullshit was. He said Aaron Henry, Big Ten Player of the Year. I will cut one of my arms off if Aaron Henry <laughs> wins Big Ten. I will cut any limb you want off, Carter, if he wins Big Ten Player of the Year. Any limb, right, I'll is- cut it off. Oh, I, you better hope to God he doesn't because this is recorded and I definitely want right. to see you post a periscope or something on Come Twitter. And I'm taking a, I'm taking a major limb too. Are you left or right-handed? <laughs> I don't know. I can't give you that much info. That'll be cheating. <laughs> That's fine. I'm taking a thumb. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Yeah. All right. Final, I thing, four final thing. Let's do like full on team where they finish predictions. Um, this is your chance. You notoriously love to throw the Michigan will not make the tournament prediction out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the microphone. All right. Okay. Well, can I start off with Michigan State where they finish? You can start wherever you want. There's no rules okay. here, clearly. All right. I think Michigan State finishes third in the Big Ten. And then I think Michigan finishes somewhere in the 6-7 range. Okay. Give me, like, if March Madness plays out as normal – 68 team field where do they finish i think michigan loses first or second week first weekend and i think that state loses in the elite eight cool wow okay um i have michigan finishing fourth in the big 10 i have michigan state finishing fifth in the big 10 I what? have neither team making the Sweet oh 16. I think oh they are my both God. first. I agree with that. If you think Michigan is going to finish higher than Michigan State in the Big I think they're going to finish with like the, I think they're going to maybe a tie even. Like I think they're going to have very similar records. They'll split one and one if they play two times this year. I don't remember the is schedule. It, is it crack you smoke? So we, we haven't talked about this at all. Michigan's Big Ten schedule is like wildly easier than most other good team schedules. They, they have one game plays against like every single team in the top half of the league. 
that's part of why. I'm not saying Michigan's going to be a better team than Michigan State. I think they're going to be almost identical in overall ability. I don't think either one makes the Sweet 16, but I think Michigan does better in Big Ten play. Fucking proving to you that Juwan Howard can actually coach in this league. Uh, all right, you know what? I'm not going to have you acting like I was just absolutely just destroying Jawan Howard. I said he was a good coach. Eh, there's a lot of disrespect running around at Juwan this, this Yeah, because that's what's in my blood. My blood is disrespect those weak-ass dudes from Ann Arbor. So that's what happens. That's what I'm going to down to. That's fine. Wait and see. That's all we can do, right? I can't wait to watch it. And all in all, I'm so happy that college basketball is back. Can we all be excited mm-hmm. for that? Of course. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. I can't Game wait. I'll be, watch, I'll be watching morning. Abilene Christian at 11 a.m. Abilene Christian, ETSU, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Sa- get it. Sarah Smith, Big Ten legend. David Sloan with Darius Brewer. Silas Adiki. Let's get it. Let's go. You got to love it. Um, we will probably be back in here for a Michigan State post-game room tomorrow. I think Ant Wright is going to do a Michigan post-game room on here. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, shout out to everybody that listened. Lee, Michael, Jimmy, Courtney, Andrew, Duncan. I see all of you. Thank you for sticking around for this. This was fun. Um, and, yeah, let's wrap unless Carter has any more bullshit he wants to get off his chest. I love Ooh. everyone, including you, Greg. I love you too, Car. It's a beautiful time. Enjoy the hoops tomorrow. We'll be back on here tomorrow night. All right, peace. Thanks, Sean. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.